Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Prayer. Holy Spirit, I welcome you as I always do. And I thank you for being here. I welcome you and I ask you to move in a special way today. As I minister, may you heal the sick. And may you touch the hearts of your people. May no one leave this place the same. Blessed Jesus, we worship you. Heavenly Father, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. We pray in the name of Jesus and have mercy on us for our mistakes and our sins. We thank you, Lord, as we gather before you at your feet to receive from you, Lord. You are the King of kings and we want to know from you, Lord, what is your plan and your will. We want to be in line with your purpose. In Jesus' name, Amen. In Second Peter chapter three, um, you see some very important things. Hallelujah! Now we are talking about creation. Yesterday, I, I shared with you that there were, there are, as far as we can see in the Bible, three different creation experiences. Hallelujah! And um, it is important to know about all of them because history teaches us important lessons which we must learn from. When we don't learn from history, we are very foolish. History must teach us and there's biblical history. Now, where is God from? I don't know. God is God. Hallelujah. Who made God? I don't know and I don't intend to know. God is in the beginning and is in the end. He is the Alpha and the Omega. End of story. Hallelujah. Now God made heaven and earth. Hallelujah. And if you read Genesis chapter 1, you get an impression that God made heaven and earth and it was just heaven and earth one time that he made. But that is not an accurate understanding of the word of God. In 2 Peter, the Bible tells us, he mentions these words. It says, the heaven that then was, the earth that was then, the world that was then. And then it says, the world that is now, and the heavens that are now, the earth that is now. Hallelujah. And then in verse 13, it says, we look forward to a new heaven and then a new earth. So within 2 Peter chapter 3, you get a description of three earths and heavens, all in one book in the Bible. Let's look at it quickly. 2 Peter chapter 3. In verse 5, it says, some people are saying there will be no change, but God is saying there will be a change. It says, for this they are willingly ignorant, that by the word of God, can you, 
lower my volume a little please up there they are willingly ignorant that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water in the water whereby the world that then was are you seeing that all right being overflowed with water perished but the heavens and the earth which are now that is the one we are living on when peter was writing this book which is still the same heaven and earth that we are on today the heaven that is now by the same word is reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men you can all see very clearly that this world will be destroyed with fire because the nuclear weapons and bombs that have been created by america and russia and korea north korea iraq pakistan france um, britain and so on they have a very funny treaty that five countries which have created nuclear weapons are allowed to have them and everybody else is not allowed to make some it's a very interesting treaty and that is why north korea is fighting against it so but you can see and i tell you that these weapons will be used one day so the bible is saying here clearly that the earth that now is will be destroyed with fire and hiroshima and the other places that have been destroyed by war are clear examples of destruction hallelujah and destruction that can occur suddenly wars that can start suddenly and this particular earth has been reserved for destruction by fire this is what the word of god says now there is a reason for all this the heavens and the earth that was then was also destroyed by a flood and that is why in genesis chapter 1 the bible says god made heaven and earth and then by verse 2 the earth was without form and void and there was darkness over the surface of the deep the whole earth was covered with a flood and then god spoke that was not how earth is because earth is dry land hallelujah and god spoke and 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 and, and recreated the earth now the bible says in second peter chapter 3 verse 13 let's look at it nevertheless hallelujah no okay let's look at verse 11 let, in fact let's read from verse 10 sorry but the day of the lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall burn with fervent heat and the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burnt up our buildings that we have built up and everything in the world will be destroyed verse 11 seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness looking for verse 12 and hasting unto the coming of the day of god wherein the heavens being on fire hey, the heavens on fire the sky there'll be fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat verse 13 nevertheless we according to his promise oh hallelujah this is the good news look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwell righteousness hallelujah wherefore beloved seeing that ye look for such things be diligent that ye be found of him in peace without spot and blameless hallelujah let me tell you something your house will one day be bent 
A crowd will one day be leveled. You see, it's something that we can't imagine. But you must realize that conference center, Nam, uh, what do you call it, center, Akosombo, Dan, all the things that we treasure in Ghana, one day they will be flattened, including your house and my house, where you stay. This is a prediction in the Bible. The Bible says that if all these things are going to be like that, what, then we should rather look for and expect Almighty God and live with that expectation, plan for the future heaven and the future earth, where you and I will be and where we intend to be. What is the use of all the houses that you have here? Well, where are you taking it to? I always tell you, haven't you seen a rich man who is going to die before? He doesn't know what to do with himself. He's beside himself and he's confused because he doesn't know with all these things that he has, what does he do? What is the sense of it? But now the Bible is telling us clearly that these are the pattern of the events. Now, what is, are the historical lessons that we have to learn from this? Number one, yesterday I was sharing with you about Lucifer. And I want to tell you, God has a pattern. If he makes something for a purpose, it must be used for that purpose. If a loan is given, it must be used for the purpose for which it was given. If somebody gives money to the church that used this money to build a church, it must be used to build a church. It must not be used for anything else. This is a principle in the world and in life that we must apply across the board. Now, if a loan is given to Ghana to build a state farms or to build a dam or to do something and we use it for something else, the person who gave the loan will stop giving the loans. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 5. Isaiah chapter 5. There's a very interesting song there. It says, now, verse 1. Now will I sing a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. Have you heard the word beloved before? Right, in our church we don't say the word girlfriend and boyfriend. We use beloved. Beloved is a biblical term for a good person doing good things. My well beloved hath a vineyard and in a very beautiful fruitful hill and he fenced it and gathered out the stones thereof and planted it with the choicest vine he planted it and with and he built a tower in the midst of it and also made a wine press therein that is he made a gary factory in it he made the cassava farm and then by it he made a gary making factory and he looked that it should bring forth grapes and it brought forth wild grapes everybody say wild grapes let me tell you something god is expecting you to bring forth grapes if you bring forth wild grapes something bad will happen to you let's read on verse 3 and now all inhabitants of jerusalem and men of jerusalem judge i pray you betwixt me and my vineyard <laughs> look at me everyone sometimes people come to the office and we ask them please advise us what we should do sometimes there are some situations that will ask you what do you think we should do pastor did you understand what i'm saying we'll ask you what do you think i should do theodora what do you think god should do he has planted a vineyard he expects the vineyard to bring forth grapes 
so that he will use these grapes to make wine. Now, instead of bringing forth grapes, the vineyard has brought forth wild grapes. And wild grapes, you cannot use it for anything. It is useless. And the man has, he has taken, the Bible says that in verse 1, that he has taken away the stones that were in the garden. He has taken away the things that will cause problems, that no, we normally know will cause problems. He has built a tower in it, and he has invested and made a wine press, expecting so much that he was going to get grapes. He has gone and bought machines to make wine, and put it right by the, I mean, his expectation is so high. And I want you to know, God's expectation from you and of you is very high. Especially in the light of what God has done for you and where God has brought you from. There are some of you who have lived in such evil and such sin that the way God has delivered you and brought you out, there's nothing else that you should do than going around telling your testimony and bringing people to Jesus Christ through the testimony of what God has delivered you from. And yet your mouth is shut. And yet your voice is not heard. And yet you, you never stand up to preach the word of God. And yet you have never preached. And I'll tell you something. God's expectation of you is very high. And you must be very careful. Because when God makes you a vineyard and he invests in you. And he invests in you. And he blesses you with certain things. He's expecting. Let me tell you if you are in church and you are a rich man. I'll tell you without feeling shy today. That God has certain expectations of you. Because not everybody is, is rich. And not everybody will be rich. The Bible says that the poor will never be cut out from you. There will always be poor people. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, that talk to those that amongst you that are rich, that they should be generous, that they should be ready to distribute, ready to communicate, laying up riches for themselves in heaven. This is a command to those who have been Blessed particularly with financial That one I'll tell you as your pastor Without any reservation and without any fear If God blesses you and, and takes away the stones That bring poverty Takes away the stones that, that bring problems And causes you to be elevated There are not so many And God has a special responsibility for you And you are expected to bring forth grapes Look at the expectation of God Nobody would make a wine press by the, by the yard. Even anything. He should have just waited and collected the, 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 the grapes. And put them aside. And waited and, and transported them somewhere. But God has such a high expectation. That he went and made a wine press. Waiting to make wine. What a disappointment. To almighty God. When he invests so much in us. When he allows you to go into witchcraft and to juju, and he allows you to go into so many things, chasing all the women, using money for every stupid thing, and in the end, he saves you before you die. Are you not saved for a reason? Have you not been rescued for a purpose, young lady, young man? And if you bring forth grapes, this one, God, if you bring forth white grapes, God is not telling you what he will do. He is asking you to advise him. What you, he should do. Let's read on. Verse 4. What could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? This is the question. 
Wherefore, when I look on it, that it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth wild grapes, what could have been done more? What else could God have done that he hasn't done? If he hasn't done, ask that question. Some of you should be dead. You know you should be dead. Some of you, you know you shouldn't be in church today. You are not qualified. All of us are not qualified. <laughs> that is one thing that drives me. Because I know I shouldn't be here. I'm here by some grace. That's what actually pushes me. The Bible says the love of Christ constrains me. It pushes me. When you feel that great love, that is why in the Bible time it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna and Susanna who followed Jesus and ministered to him of their substance. Mary Magdalene had been delivered from seven devils. You see, when God has done much for you, you love much. And you realize that he has actually done much for you. You love him very much. Hallelujah. Let's go on. Now, go to, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. Verse 5. I will take away the hedge thereof, and it shall be eaten up. And I will break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down. Verse 6. And I will lay it waste, and it shall not be pruned nor digged. End of story. God will not destroy you himself. He will just take away his protection from you. And you will be at the exposure of the devil and of Satan and of demons and evil spirits. God will not touch you. God, you are his child. He will just remove the hedge. <laughs> you don't know why you are not dead yet. It's because there's a hedge around you. There are so many accidents you have missed. There's a hedge around you. There's a wall that keeps out certain things. I'm telling you today why you are still here. Because there's a hedge around you. Remember Job. Job, God didn't do anything to Job. Satan came and told God that you have put a hedge around him. I cannot get near him. Go and read your Bible and see. Read Job and see. That is why, that, is what, that was what happened. Go and read your Bible. There was a hedge around Job. And God said, just, Satan said, just take away that protection so that we can enter and see whether Job will not curse you. That is why we are all here because God is protecting us divinely. And all that God will do is that he will remove the protection. Today, I'm showing you, I'm teaching you about creation, and I'm saying that when God does something, he does it for a purpose. If his purpose is not fulfilled, he will spoil it and do a new one. God made the first heavens and the earth. I believe, the Bible doesn't say, but you can infer quite powerfully and quite conclusively that the angels and the created beings were those who were supposed to inhabit it. And Lucifer was one of them. The Bible says he was in the Garden of Eden. You see, I believe that there, there was another Garden of Eden. And then there was a Garden of Eden where Adam was. And I believe there will be another Eden. It, it, I think it's even somewhere in the Bible that there is an Eden. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure about that. But the, God just changed his plan. Because the one he created to worship him. And the one he created so beautiful. He, he just changed at, at, at the wrong time. And God just did away with him. Have you, have you heard this song? We used to sing this song. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive all glory, honor, and power. Thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Revelation chapter 4, the last verse. 
Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive all glory, honor, and power. Thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. God created for his pleasure. He created them for his glory and for his pleasure. And when everything came, God would just put you aside and recreate. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me today? So God finished with the first creation. And today we are moving on to the second creation that God came up, came up with. Remember, there's always a house and somebody to live in the house. There was a heaven and an earth and some people to live in it. Angels, I believe, the Bible says some of them fell. In Second Peter, again, the Bible says the angels that fell were not spared. So there were angels somewhere that fell and they were not spared. Hallelujah. All these ones are not recorded in the Bible that in the beginning God created angels. But in the beginning, what concerns us that God made us? Hallelujah. Amen. And we don't have to know everything. Don't try and know everything. Just small is enough. Amen. All right. So now we move on to the next thing that God created. And let's read Genesis chapter 1 again. Genesis chapter 1. I want us to go through the creation because I believe that there are various revelations there. All right. And the earth was void without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. So there was an earth which was without form and void. And there was darkness. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And I want to say to every ministry here and every group here. If the Holy Ghost is not in your ministry, it won't work. If you don't pray, it won't work. If you don't get the Holy Ghost to move. Listen to me. When the dove descended on Jesus, if you like, go home and read it. The Bible said that he prayed. And as he prayed, the Holy Ghost came on him. Prayer brings the Holy Ghost on you. If you want the Spirit of God to move, if you want your ministry to work, then you must pray. We are not here by chance or by accident. A church that grows is a church that prays. It's as simple as that. Hallelujah. And God said, verse 3, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good and he divided the light from the darkness. Verse 5. And God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. And let it divide the waters from the waters. Do you understand that? Huh? Do you know what is a firmament? What is a firmament? Hallelujah. What is a firmament? Huh? Atmosphere, sky. Okay. Something that divided the heavens above, the waters above, because there are waters in the sky and there are waters on the earth. That is why the sea, the rivers are always running into the sea and the sea is never full. Because there's always water going from the sea into the atmosphere and going back to the mountains and coming again. That's why the Bible said in Ecclesiastes that the rivers are always running into the sea and the sea is never full. <laughs> Hallelujah. So there are waters in the sky which come down, go into the sea, and go back. So God separated the two so that there will always be a cycle. Hallelujah. And God made the firmament, and which were under the... Okay, verse 8. And God called the firmament heaven. 
and the evening and the morning were the second day and God said let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place and let the dry land appear and it was so now you will realize that what God is actually doing is that he's reshaping the earth are you noticing that the earth was there the waters were everywhere and he said that let the waters gather themselves into one place and let there be dry land at another place so god was actually just reorganizing the earth that was already in existence and that is what really what we call creation today hallelujah and god called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters he called he see, called he sees and god saw that it was good and god said let the earth bring forth grass and let the herb yielding seed and the fruit yielding true after his kind and so on and verse 12 and the earth brought forth grass and the herb yielding seed after his kind and god saw that it was good verse 13 14 verse 14 and god said let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let there be that be for signs and for seasons and for days and years let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and it was so and god made two great lights that's the sun and the moon the greater light to rule by day and the le le lesser light to rule by the night and he made the stars also oh hallelujah have you noticed that the stars have never have not been crashing and the stars have not been coming to earth and the sun has not the sun is is the nearest star in fact recently americans sent a spaceship to go beyond the sun to see what is behind the sun <laughs> you people they went to see what is behind the sun the sun is a star but it's very near that's why we call it the sun a great light so they, they want to see what is behind the sun whilst we sit in ghana quarreling over whether we should privatize something that must be privatized by all means for the thing to work something that has not worked for 25 years we are discussing whether we should privatize it others are looking to see what is behind the sun <laughs> god help us god help us <laughs> oh jesus hallelujah <laughs> amen i wish i could advise those people verse 20 and god said let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creatures that have life and the fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of the heaven and god created whales and every living creature that moveth which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind and every winged fowl after his kind and god saw that it was good god was making a lot of things and god blessed them and said be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let fowl multiply in the earth and the morning and the evening were the fifth day verse 24 and the earth let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind cattle and so on verse 25 and god made the beast of the earth after his kind everything that creepeth on the earth after his kind and god saw that it was good verse 26 this is where you must see something important and god said look at me everyone don't look at don't look at the bible look at me god said 
now for a change let's make something that is like us we've made all these funny snakes and lizards things with small brains chickens fishes herrings Kobe they've all been made and God said now let's make something special let's make something different from all the others amen Amen. let's make something that is like me you know and I want to tell you something God made man after his image that one we say it all the time but I want you to understand that God was saying let's make something that is like me and there are many ways in which God has made us like him and I want to show you some of these things some of these ways and I want to tell you that when we do not behave like God we are shaking our very nature and when we do not behave like God wants us to behave we will never become or experience certain blessings number one is God made us to be creative because God's nature is creation because he's God now creativity is something that when man attaches it to his life he will move forward and when man deserts creativity man will go backwards now I want to say something that is a bit political and a bit historical but I want to use it to illustrate a point how many will agree with I'll ask you a few questions how many will agree with me that several hundred years ago all over the world nobody had discovered electricity please if you believe what I'm um, if it's yes just lift up your hand and you know that nobody in the whole world had had electricity can I see your hand you know that it's true are you feeling lazy okay put down your hand how many know that at a point in this world that is in Africa in America the continents Australia Asia Eastern Europe Western Europe nobody had discovered how, how to make a gun how many know that there was a time at which everyone was the same okay now how many know that there was a time in the history of mankind when all that everybody had those who lived by the seas had boats because it's natural for man to create a, a little boat to to sit on how many would agree with me that Africans had boats white men had boats American had Americans had boats of the people who had boats who said what is behind there what else can there be can something else be possible and that group of people decided to leave their wives decided to leave their children who they had brought forth into the world and decided to see whether the earth was flat or round how many know that how many know that there was another group that sat down and said that we there we don't like trouble we like to be where we are <laughs> we there we have our home we have our wife we have our children everything has been okay we don't want any problems 
How many know that there was a group like that? <laughs> okay. Now, which group was that? <laughs> Those who said we don't like trouble. <laughs> we like to be here. Huh? Who? You said what? Majority were in Africa. But not, not all, but majority. So we sat down as though we were a lesser species of God's creation and another species came. The way, I don't know if you have ever read some books, but if you have read certain books where they, when they are making a zoo, a zoo, okay, they travel to the jungle and they try and trace a particular species of, if it's a leopard, and try and catch it alive. And then they take it back to where they came from and put it, and they, they are very expensive. To get a live leopard is very expensive. It's extremely, to get an anaconda, it's a very huge snake, like that, very, very big. If it takes you and squeeze you within a few seconds, you are off. Anaconda. To get a gorilla, alive, not dead. As for dead, then you can shoot it to die. But alive, it's very, very expensive. So there's zoos all over the world. There are zoos in London, Zurich, all those places. They are very expensive places. And you see the most exquisite, exotic, rare species of animals there. Over there, it's very expensive to, ha to have that thing. And that's why in Ghana Zoo, I was there two weeks ago. Our lions, we have three lions. <laughs> and they are very, very lean. And they always sleep. <laughs> You must go there one day. Take your beloved there in the afternoon. Hallelujah. <laughs> we, we sat down as though we were animals. And somebody came from somewhere to discover us. Look, can you see what I'm saying? We sat down to be discovered by somebody discovered us. And he discovered us and then also took us home back to where they came from. <laughs> they took us, we, I mean, we are all human beings too. Yet they took us away through Elmina, Cape Coast. They took us and we went. We stood on our land and we went. When a man abandons his creativity, he becomes like an animal because that's the difference between an animal and a man one of the differences in fact med medically anatomically speaking the brain of a human being is very large the animal that has a brain that is near to uh, a man is a monkey like a gorilla or a chimpanzee especially they have like but animals which have very very small brains like chicken you see already the head is small <laughs> They, they can't think much. They, 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 they are very different. They just live. <laughs> they just eat and die. Eat and live and die. But God, listen to, listen to God's creation. He said that, let me make for a change something that is different from all these other animals that I have made. Let me make something different that will behave differently. And he made us. And we sat down in a part of the world to be discovered like animals taken away like animals our women our grand grand grandmothers and great grand ancestors 
were taken away naked, wearing chains, degraded like animals. And they were led in chains into the ships and into the castles. And they were put there and they were raped by the French soldiers and the Portuguese soldiers and the Dutch soldiers. They were raped by them and they were treated like animals and they were kept there. And whenever they died, they just cut off the chain and threw them into the, into the sea. They were animals as far as they were concerned. And we sat down and they came, discovered us, took us home and used us. And black people have always been treated as secondary outside Ghana. In Ghana, we don't have that racist spirit. It's only this government and Farrakhan and so on who are trying to bring that anti-white, anti anti-racist type of spirit. And some churches are also trying to do the same. But I tell you, that anti-white is also racism. It's not only anti-black which is racism. Anti-white is also racism. It's the same racism in the opposite direction. And it leads to the same things. Violence, hatred, murder, and so on. But I want to say that when we abandon our creativity, we become like animals and we become people whom God never expresses himself fully through. Listen to me. Please go to the airport and just stand there and look at an aeroplane. Especially a 747. And ask yourself only one question. How can this thing go into the air? And then stay there. And then come back into the earth. And stay on air. Oh. And when I, every time I look up, because I, I'm very inquisitive, there are some things that interest me. Planes, war, and so on. There are things that interest me. I'm very fascinated by them. I always watch and I read and anything that, I just look at it and I, I, as I look more and more, I realize that man is like God in the sense that he has the ability to think and to create and to design and to, and to think of something that is impossible and to do it. In fact, an aeroplane is, I think, one of the achievements of man which when you look upon, you realize that this is, I mean, like, as if it's like God creating. And you know, when you go to some of the busy airports, that is one thing that always baffles me, that how are they able to prevent us from crashing? Because when the planes are taking off, it's in Ghana, we have only, I mean, one plane taking off. But there, there's a queue. There, you see, there's a queue of aeroplanes lining up. They're all taking off. And then as one is landing at this line, another one is taking off here. Another one, too, is coming down here. So one is taking off, one is going, and one is also crossing in the middle of the airline. I said, hey, are we, are we really safe? <laughs> and yet, it is safer to travel in an airplane than to drive in a car. That is man, the ability of man. You can just take up a telephone like this, and then you are talking to somebody in Australia. And they say, hey, yeah, uh, let us know, and then, and then, and then you are talking. You can speak to anybody. President Clinton, what he's doing now, if we want to see now here in Kolegono, I can bring a box here and show you what is President Clinton is doing somewhere. Just by, and he's picture, I mean, we are actually watching him here. Here? He's here. If I put a television, it means that President Clinton is here. And he's how 
thousands and thousands and thousands of miles somewhere. And we are watching him through CNN over here. That shows you, you see, man has been created in the image of God. The ability to create. Look, the human body is marvelous. Oh. I don't know whether Dr. Bob is here. Is Dr. Bob here? Dr. Bob will tell us about biochemistry. The sort of reactions that take place in the human body. The reactions that take place in your mouth. How your teeth come when you are six months old. And it comes, the first one, always. How the body is there and how the kidneys work and the heart pumps. And there are various valves. Complicated things. And it's working as so complicated. And it's working. It's working and, and it shows you the mind of God. Look at the trees and the stars and the sea. The rivers are going into it every day and it is never full. Have you seen something like that before? Something that you are always pouring into it and it doesn't get full. That is the nature of the God that we are dealing with. And I want to say something. That as a church, we must be creative. When we abandon creativity, anything that we want to do, as I have come to see, you know, as a leader or the pastor, sometimes I have realized as time has gone, I have tried to bring up certain projects. And people laugh at me. They'll say, that, oh, let's do this. For instance, what we are building. Let's do this. I come up with various types of things. Oh, this is this, that is this, this is that. What about this? It has not been done. It is a... I said, look, let's do something. And I've come to see, I remember one time I was with some years ago, we were talking about, I, I mentioned a type of staircase. I said, what about a staircase? We can design a staircase like that. And I was with someone, and the person just laughed. And pushed I said, no, no, no. no. Don't, don't. You see, that is what we do in Ghana. A, a new idea, we kill it. In fact, somebody once said that, they can even make a law specially for you to stop you from doing what you want to do. Any new, any, you in particular, they will design a law for you and pass it. And even if you have started the project, they will re retrospectively, they will take the law backwards to apply to you from a certain point. You wonder. And that is why we are back. That is why when I was coming to Ghana this time and I looked outside, it was about 4 o'clock and I looked and I said, we have rarely come to the land of the people who don't want to experiment. <laughs> we have come to the land of the people who don't want to try anything new. We have come to the land of the people who want to stay as they are. Really? You go abroad, you, you can never see land like how it is at East Legon. And all those places, bare land, there's no farm, there's nothing. We have lands. Europe, you don't have even one piece of land that is like that. Everywhere has been arranged. If you go to Switzerland, they have arranged it in squares. 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 <laughs> And each square is what this one is called, this one is a this one it is something, everything. We sit there. If somebody brings up a new idea, look, when I was working at Kolebu, that is what keeps us back. When I was working at, work, working at Kolebu, you see, there were certain ideas, it's like, look, when we came as young doctor, we said, look, what is happening? This is too bad. I said, I mean, we'll go to the wall, somebody comes, the person is dying of asthma. At 2.30 a.m. in the night, I have written a prescription for the person. And then I asked the nurse, so what do we do? The nurse said, tell him to go and buy it. I said to the nurse, where will he buy? He said, that Kaneshi. I said, Kaneshi. 
The man cannot breathe. He cannot breathe. The man is dying before our very eyes. Give him the prescription and go. So we saw our boss. And I saw our boss and I discussed with him. I said, boss, this is very serious, appalling. Everybody had his different experiences. And the boss just laughed at that and said, oh, you try. Just try and do whatever you want to do. He said, you want to do something? Okay, no problem. Go and see the head of the department. You go and see the head of the department, you find that the head of the department is not interested at all. Because if, if anything good is to come out of Kolobe, a lot of things have to change and nobody wants to change. We want to be as we are. And you know, my boss laughed. And by the time I finished working there for one year, I also had the same attitude. I said, yeah, because to change it, everybody will be your enemy. You will become the hated person of wherever you are that you work. Look at Kolebu Teaching Hospital. When patients come there and you tell them, go and buy this medicine for your relative, it is 30,000, he will buy it. But they say that they will, they will not check. If there is a new idea, we don't want it. It takes a long time. Look at this toilet that we want to build a toilet for the community. We will go, they say, bring a drawing. Then we will bring a drawing. Bring a letter, then we will bring a letter. When you go, I say, bring another drawing. They say, no, 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 change the drawing. Then we change the drawing. Okay, we've come. Say, okay, then we oh, we forgot. Okay, now, okay, come and see the lawyer. The lawyer says, okay, go and see quantities of air. Okay, go and see a budget officer. Okay, go and see this. Then we are going. We are going. We are going, we are going. We are going to build a toilet for the community. A toilet that is exploding. Go and see the explosions there. When you go there, you see on the wall something like uh, Tyrolene, you know, as if there's some design on it. It's not a design. It's an explosion. <laughs> Look. There are doctors that have come to Ghana. My, my uncle told me he brought drugs to Ghana to try. And I'll say this, you see, those of you who work in, in public offices, when people come, say, go and come tomorrow. Don't be silly. Just talking with your friends. Go and come tomorrow. Foolish. Before you just type a letter. I'll tell you something. Christian letters change. And these are the things that keep us backwards. That's right. The things that make the whole country some way. That's right. You meet certain nurses at work, and then they, the way they talk to you, where's your car? Have you got a car? Don't you know that you have to bring a car? Somebody, a woman is coming to, to give a, where's your pad? They ask, where's your pad? What are you talking And you are talking to a woman about a pad, and you are saying it in public, shouting, where's your pad? Don't you know that you have to bring a pad? What is that? A woman who is coming to give birth? Oh, shame. Oh, shame. Tomorrow, you, you don't do anything in your office 
and somebody comes that come tomorrow and you dilly dally and dilly dally so that the person will have to take some money out and give to you you know i was with pastor tina well, after we we're talking said, we we're talking about something and he was saying that he thinks that this person will like someone i told him that hey this thing has never it didn't occur to me like it's so foreign to my nature i come to you and you are expecting me to give you money before you proceed fast on the job god help us and that is why you see there are many things about chairman rawlings it's not politics but when you see something that is white if you are a christian don't say it's black because if you say it's black you are a liar and you are you are operating under the father of liars anointing who is satan <laughs> when chairman rawlings came he's, he introduced tribunal now what is tribunal tribunal is a fast court <laughs> to solve to solve the case quickly <laughs> oh god do you know dr beckley it took dr beckley about two it took about two to three years to eject dr beckley from the house do you know have you been reading the dr beckley story yes there have been somebody's household his own house that you will get the tenant to go out it took about two years to court go adjourn come come tomorrow the the, the judge is, feel, is feeling dizzy you come, the, the court clerk has gone on leave you come there's no paper you come oh. look one time we bought a guitar for twenty thousand or forty thousand cities the church we, we bought the guitar, and when we were buying the guitar from the we said that we don't know you. So we took the guitar and the man to the police station. And we said, sign a paper here that we are buying this thing, and we are buying it, not knowing whether it is stolen property or not. But we are coming to the police to declare our intention, that we have no intention of receiving stolen goods. So we got Colibri Police Station. They stamped the paper, and they signed that we have paid purchase for this thing, in the presence of this policeman i was there in my house they told me that they have arrested cy <laughs> why, why have they arrested him because he is the our church member through whom we bought the guitar and they said that the guitar is a stolen guitar so we said okay so they were going to court but the see why i was the first accused <laughs> so we went to court and we had a piece of paper in our hand with a stamp on with the ghana police stamp and signature that we stamped this thing and we showed you clearly that we have no intention of buying any stolen paper and if it's so we don't know and we are just buying it adjourned <laughs> we went again bail they said they are giving cy bail first accused when we went there the second accused that the man who sold the thing so he ran away so our guitar that we had used our church money to buy was at the police station for one year our brother is accused going to court coming going coming going coming so we said lieutenant wear your uniform and let's go to the police station we called a soldier when we went within seven days the guitar was in our hand in the church (laughs) 
if somebody wants to introduce a new form of and you see let me tell you something there are many forms of there and sometimes some of these new ideas we just immediately say no for instance let me tell you something democracy is a form of government which as I, I see and I know I, I believe and what I believe is what I'm telling you that democracy to me is not always something that a nation needs democracy sometimes you need a, a good dictator oh you may be surprised about it. it's a new idea but you see that is the is that type of hey new idea no but sometimes you need a good dictator let me tell you something do you know in america a 16 year old person when you tell him constitutional rights and you tell him uh, you are going by uh, imperial uh, what, what do they call the socialist ideas and so on a 16 year old or 17 year old person there understands what he's saying but if you come to Ghana, a 16-year-old person, 70% of us don't speak English. We are illiterate. When you say they are voting and they say uh, this party is for, uh, these are their policies and so on, they don't know. It's just that this man is Aigbe, so we shall vote for him. This man is Ashanti, we shall vote for him. That is how our politics is. We have divided the country into Northerners, Aigbe people, Ashantis, Ghanas, and Fantis. And we are voting. If our man is inside, one time I was talking to a kebab man. I said, who will you vote for? I said, Liman. I said, why will you vote for Liman? <laughs> I said, who will you vote for? He said, Kube. I said, why will you vote for Kube? He said, oh, it'd be good. It'd be good. And sometimes we go and we bring, and I'll tell you, sometimes we go and we bring certain things. I am not saying that democracy is not good. Democracy is good, but there is a time for democracy. But of course, if you bring a new idea, people will say no. So you have to accept democracy, party politics. Look, do you realize that I, I see that the country slowed down since we had elections? Because now every a small thing, we go to parliament and they will discuss it. And this parliament, they have rented houses for all those people. They buy petrol, they are paying everybody a lot of money. People are working at parliament house. A small decision that they will make round and 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 round. One person will just get out, hey, Gihok, I've dissolved you, go home. But when you bring a new idea, people don't. So you have to stick. And that is what, in a church, that is why sometimes in a church, when we want to bring a new ministry, people say, what is this? If on a, on a, week, a Sunday we are closing the church and we are going out into the area to go and witness to people and bring them back, and people say, oh, what is this? Why church? We have come to church too. And then they, they are closing the church to go and, 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 and witness. How? 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 Thank God you are not on any committee for me to hear your voice. <laughs> any new idea that you bring, people want to kill it. But I'll tell you something. Be open to change. Be open to things that you didn't know before. Look, today, instead of posting a letter... You can write on it here now and you can put it into a machine and the letter will be posted at once and the person will in Australia receive the letter as you are standing by the machine. It's called fax. <laughs> but if somebody brings this idea in Ghana, somebody said, oh, are no, you crazy? How can you do that? Just post the letter and... That is why in Ghana, there is no private person with an aeroplane. We don't want it. No, 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 no. 
That is why in Ghana there are no rich people for you to see. When I say riches, real wealth. Like the Nigerian type of millionaires. You know that British Airways goes to Nigeria every day. In Ghana, they pass here from Nigeria three times a week. They pass here to just pick a few people to add to their... But Nigeria, every day business. Every blessed day they go there. And they have every aeroplane going there. KLM, Alitalia, uh, Suicide. They are going there. Not the way they come to Ghana. Let me tell you something. If we, some people don't like the idea. And that's one of the things about this government. It's also a negative thing about it. I say positive. They don't want people to be rich. Oh, let me tell you something. If you don't want people to be rich, your country will never prosper. It is the rich people. One rich man can employ 1,000 people. 1,000 people. He will give 1,000 people jobs. He will pay taxes proper. He will buy milk from Nestle for all his family. He will buy Omo from Lever Brothers. The same person will, will, will buy the petrol in the country, buy cars and spend pay taxes. And we fight against it. In America, they publish the list of people who are the richest and how much money they have. In Ghana, we announce on the radio, anybody with more than two million cities in the bank, you are frozen. <laughs> we were created in the image of God. <laughs> One of the God said that, that, that we, God said, I'm tired of snakes and lizards. God said, I'm tired of dogs which can't think. God said, I'm tired of cats, pussy cats, and leopards. Of, of, of hyenas and, and foxes who just run around things that don't have sense I'm tired of it I want something different so God made you that is why today a man can make you lie down and take out your heart and put it in this person take his heart and put it in you and you wake up the next day and walk around because somebody said hey what about if we can be able to change the organs in a person. I know how some people in Ghana would have laughed and said, ah, are you, are you, are you think? Oh, get away. <laughs> I am sure. And that is why, you know, when I was in school, people used to laugh at me when I asked questions in class. People used to laugh at me. When I was in sixth form, I remember there was a certain girl who, was, who told my wife that when I was in sixth form and I used to ask questions, they used to laugh at me. And she used to laugh. And I would ask, I remember Achimota School, sixth form science class. I would ask the question, everybody would be annoyed. <laughs> and you know what? The teacher would answer my question. Everybody would be quiet and note it down carefully. And she said something. She said she told my wife something. She said that we have, I have and we noticed that when he asks a question, it looks very stupid. But when you, when the guy begins to answer, then you begin to see certain things. And that is our attitude. We don't 
why do you ask questions? A class where you don't ask questions. We must ask questions. We must ask questions. And we will ask questions. We don't understand it. Some people, you don't understand. You don't ask that you don't understand. You always pretend you understand. That's why you fail. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Say, God is tired of foxes. God wants a man. Are you a lizard? <laughs> are you a chicken? <laughs> are you a frog? You are a man. Say, I am a man. I'm created in his image. I'm created to be creative. Amen. Some of you people who are married. There's some women who don't want to commit love with their husbands. For instance, when they are pregnant. There are some people who don't want to be creative in bed. You see how you are laughing? It, 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 shows, it, it, it shows something. <laughs> it shows something, seriously. <laughs> Even that the pastor will come and talk about this in the church. It's like it's, it's in some way. Yet a prostitute, you pay her 2000 she will jump up, stand upside down, walk under the bed, do anything. Just command. And the man will go after her. But a married woman who doesn't want to be creative, who doesn't want to hear something she hasn't heard before, oh, how? After that, they'll have another one. They say that the World Health Organization says that you should wait for some time for the iron levels and other things to rise up. I have a better idea. But if you bring that idea, ah, our advice you have your children quickly and one, two, three. Your iron level will fall. That thing is for villagers who don't eat meat. You say it to people, they look at you and they laugh. I told my wife when we got married, I said, I want to have my children. One, two. She said, oh, her mother, her aunties, her this, her dad, her dad. I said, look, forget about your aunties' ideas and your uncle's ideas and all those old ideas. Let's have a new idea. Let's work out a new idea. When I want to travel with you, I want to do something with you, I don't want to have any children that we can't leave. People want to stay the same thing. If you do anything new, they are against you. Look, let me tell you something. It's just it's across the board. Let's wake up as a nation. Let us wake up as individuals. Let's wake up to, to the newness that God will show us in whatever area it is. People have new ideas in business. Why doesn't one person in Ghana have a private television organization up till today? Why? Because I believe there are some people who have tried it and they have stamped them out. And there are people who have tried it and they have been stamped out. They said, no, we don't want it. 
Why is there no church in, in Nigeria? Idahosa is on television every day. Ayo, every minister, Tunde Bakari, Deeper Life, they are on, on television all the time. In Ghana, all our charismatic churches, nobody, even radio, is not allowed. And the government should be careful. Because when you fight with God, God will kick you out. Because when he expects you to bring grapes, and you bring forth wild grapes. And I'll tell you something. I, okay, I'll leave that one. <laughs> One day I'll say, I'll say that one. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know whether we have time, but I, I have just started what I wanted to tell you, and I haven't gone anywhere. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I want to show you one other thing. Say, God is tired of foxes. He wants human beings in his image. Do you know another thing that is in the image of God? Is that God is made out of three parts. And the human beings are also made out of three parts. That's another card, same thing. Because I'm tired of foxes which are made out of only a body. I'm tired of chimpanzees and gorillas. I want something that is also just like me. And God is, God is made out of what? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. And God has made us in three parts. The spirit, the soul, and the body. And we must realize that. Hallelujah. And we must know that we are spirits. Young ladies who want to be beautiful, you put on every type of uh, paint on your lips. And let me tell you, we are not against paint. What do you call the paint? Lipstick. Lips, lips paint. But I'll tell you something. Something that will take away the pimples from your face is prayer. Because you are not, listen to me, you are not only a body. And you must, you see, I'll, I'll say something. When you forget how God created you, when you forget how God created you, you become something else that God didn't intend for you to become. God did not intend you to just be a, a mind. And that is how some people are. That is why our nation, our government is concerned about the mind. They educate only the mind. But a man is not just a mind. If you educate somebody in his mind only and you leave out the spirit, the person is, is not a complete person. And the person will end up searching for juju, searching for witches, witchcraft and so on. But we are not just that. You are more than a body. People wake up in the morning, all that they do is you just put on some lipstick, you have your bath and so on. And your spirit is dry. Everybody say dry. And we forget that we are created like God. That is in three parts. And there are many people here, you are nice on the outside. Your face is nice. But your spirit, if we were to take an x-ray of your spirit, my God. And I was to put them up here, small, small x-rays all over the church and write your name under it. You will see the different type of spirit that we have in this church. Some so lean, some so... I mean, because the only time you pray is when you come to church. I mean, that's the time you pray, frankly. And if you pray once in a week, the only time you worship once when you come to church, of course, you will be weak and, and, and say, oh, I, you know, whenever I talk about this, I remember one time I was on the ward and I was taken to the ward for the first time. That time, the doctor just took us round and he asked us, what do you think this is? What do you notice? And we came to a woman, very fair skin. And she was lying there. I mean, this was a very ill person. 
she was so ill and she died the next day but the man asked us that what do you think this was wrong with this woman we were thinking about AIDS we were thinking about tuberculosis we're thinking about cancer of the stomach cancer of the liver cancer of the kidneys cancer of the brain cancer of the heart is there heart cancer <laughs> that's a key to solving cancer eh? when the thing keeps moving Listen, we're thinking about all kinds of diseases, but do you know what disease it was? The woman was from Chad. She hadn't eaten for a long time. That was her disease, and she died of it. Listen to me. If you are a Christian, and you play instruments, you blow the trumpet, you play the drum, you play the keyboard, and you don't feed your spirit, you know we can even feel it when you play you know we can see it on your face do you know that we can see it on your face when you are not whole spiritually when a man forgets that he is not just a mind or a body if you are a mind or a body then even goats are better because when a goat dies we can eat it who has eaten a goat before Let me tell you something. If you want to realize, when we start our Bible school, we are going to take people to the, the mortuary, to the mortuary to see certain things, and we are going to take people to the anatomy department to see certain things. Look, if you come to the anatomy department just once or twice, there is a place inside, the, there's a cold room, they have a, a wooden box. In that wooden box, if you go to the man in charge and you say, give me a hat, he will open the box and give you a hat. He will open, he said, give me a liver. He will open the box and give you a liver. He will open the box and give you somebody who was walking on earth. His liver. His spleen. Oh God. Is that what a man is? You see people lying there, watchmen and professors. They are lying by each other. And then a diplomatic woman, she, her, her body is also like that. And she has turned to lie on the watchman. <laughs> <laughs> A lady who could not, her so dainty, she said she could not come to church at Kolegono. Now she's lying there like this. She's turning herself on the, on the watchman. Go to the mortuary and you will see that man must be more than a body. There must be more. There must be more and there is more. Because God made you more than just a physical body. Look, the beauty on a person's face. Even my own sister, before she got born again and after she got born, when I see her face before she got born again and her face after she got born again, she's a completely different person. When you are whole spiritually, it even shows on your face. It even shows on your Who has seen something like that before? You've noticed it before that when somebody is doing well spiritually, you, you can see a certain healthy look. If you are an experienced Christian, you will notice it. It is time for us not to think of ourselves as only minds. It's not enough to, hey, young girl, do you go to school? It's not enough just to go to school. You must train your spirit. You know, when I'm sending my child to school, I'm going to send my child to a school. I will look at the scripture union in that school very carefully before I send my child there. If it's a school that has no scripture union or no lighthouse fellowship there, I won't send my child there. 
Because there's one thing that I got from Achimota School, that is Jesus Christ. It has benefited me far more than dissecting frogs. It has benefited me far more than learning about plants that go and plants roots and cotyledon and uh, what, what are the things that we learn? What are the... Huh? You all don't know the biology. <laughs> it has benefited me more. 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 Everybody say more. I'm speaking to you. Listen to me. There is a man of God called Robert Sladen. I will say this because I believe we will have him here one of these days. He... Oh, don't clap, don't clap. He... He... At the age of eight years, God took him up. Now let me show you parents. Listen to this, parents. Everybody, everybody who is a father or a mother, listen carefully to this. His grandmother made him read the bible every day how many chapters was it eight chapters or so of the bible every day and made him pray in tongues for one hour or 30 minutes every as part of his duty as a little child that is a part of the sweeping oh apart from sending him to do this and other, that was the training that his grandmother gave him to do at the age of eight years old he was there and he was suddenly caught up to heaven. And when he went up to heaven, he was taken around heaven on a tour by Jesus Christ. And Jesus called him and said, I'm calling you to the ministry and I'm sending you to do certain things. The man is now almost about 30 years old. He's got a very famous ministry all over the world. He's written various books and so on. And I believe that he will, we will have him here one of these days. Now listen carefully. He said something that I always remember. He said that when he got to heaven, even though he was eight years old, physically, he was 33 years old in the spirit. <laughs> Are you getting that? Spiritually, he was 33 years old. Listen, you can be a Christian for a year, just a year, and you'll be so old spiritually because you will be growing. There are some people they just became Christian by the way the, the way things are going. And especially if you obey God. Let me tell you something. When many people, there's an issue. If you obey that thing or you overcome that thing, you will go far. But for many people, there's some issue somewhere. Let me tell you something. This man was 33 years old. How old are you spiritually? If we were to get into your spirit. And when a man is strong spiritually, no wizard can come and attack you. When you mention the name of Jesus, demons will not laugh at you. But there are some people... The, you cast out demon, the demon will tell you, go and pray and come. Have you not seen it before? You cast out in the name of Jesus and the demon will laugh. <laughs> I remember one time I was casting out demons and then the, the demon advised me, said that now you have to ask me my name. The demon was telling me that this is the procedure. Ask me my name now. And the demon was laughing. When you become strong spiritually, if somebody designs something for you at Nogopo or Kliko to kill you or to take your tipper track and put it on a hill for it to remain on the hill, whatever he has designed, whether it is Berkeley or whoever, it shall return unto him that returned to sender. 
You stand in the name of Jesus. And they know that you have spoken. They said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know. I know them. I know those guys. <laughs> we all know them. Those guys are not easy to deal with. When Paul comes to town, the demons know that Paul is in town. When Jesus arrives, the demons know that Jesus is around. What about you when you go to your hometown? Do the demons know that you have arrived? Even when you go to your family, you don't even let them know that you are a believer. And let me tell you, there are people here whose brothers and sisters, first of all, they are not born again. If they are born again, they are not in church. I'll tell you something. If you have brothers and sisters, bring them into the same church with you. Let them be born again. If your, your brothers and sisters are not getting born again, you are not doing something right. Look, I'll tell you that. Everybody must be saved with his household. If your, bro- your brothers and your sisters and your family must begin to be saved. If you are the only single person saved in your family, there's something wrong with you spiritually. I can tell you that now. I've seen it. Some people are like, only that one person is saved. The rest of the family know because the person is not doing what he's supposed to do. Me, I'm saved. All my sisters are born again. And my father and my mother are born again. I mean, almost all born again. You can say that they are born again. My mother is born again. My father, I, I would say quite to a large extent that he's born again. But only God knows his heart. But my mother is born again. All my sisters are born again. My sisters in Switzerland, they all go to church there. I mean, they have supported the church. They have been part of it. They actually brought me into the country. They, when I was going, they bought the tickets. They said, come and come and start the church. They bought the tickets. My sister, I stayed with my sister. She fed me. She looked after me. I started the church with my sister. And you, what about your sisters? You are quiet. What about your sisters and your brothers? Don't look at my face. Where are they? And if they are even born again, you should bring them into the church. You know that you are in this church and you know you are being blessed. Bring them into the church. If they are not getting born again, you are not strong spiritually. And you are not doing what you must do, what you must do right. Look, some of you are saved because your sisters prayed and your brothers prayed. That's why you are now saved. When my, when my wife got saved, my wife got, my, when my wife got saved and she met me, she said she was a Christian in a way, but she was a Christian in a way. Everybody say, way, way. But when I met her, we tried to organize all those ways out. Hallelujah. And she became strong. And all her brothers began to get saved. They got saved one after the other. One after the other. One after the other. One after the other. And you can virtually see that they're all becoming pastors. Our pastor in Kumasi is my wife's brother. They, they got saved. When I go to London, I stay with one of the brothers. He's like a pastor. It's very nice to stay with him. Because all that he has in his house are worship, word, Derek Prince, the books, the tape, the word of God. That is all. What, you, you are quiet. What about your brother and your sister? What about your sister, your brother, your mother, your father? Are you going to heaven? Do you think you'll be able to dance when you are in heaven? You'll be dancing, you rejoice in the Lord always. And your brothers and sisters are screaming, ah, ah, ooh, ooh, ah, Your wife is in hell, your husband is in hell. Is it, you, do you think you'll be happy in heaven? You're joking. Because you are not strong spiritually. When you write, listen, a Christian, you must be able to rise up at 3 a.m. and begin to pray. Huh. The wizards will know. The witches will know. And if you think there are no witches and wizards, it's like saying that there are no ants. 
there are, there are wizards in Ghana and witches and demons. And they plot and they plan and they fly by night. You should just hear a few of these full gospel people giving their testimony when they get born again. And you know that some of these things are real. A man who the demon or the witch or wizard will tell you, take off your clothes and run around the house seven times. And the man will tell, a big man who, the man will tell the watchman, go home tonight. <laughs> and then he'll take off all his clothes. And he'll run around, run around. <laughs> And he must run around. And he ran around. A big managing director. Managing director. Managing director. You too, you must wake up at 3 a.m. and begin to pray in the spirit. People are not sleeping, you know. If you like sleep and see, your breakthrough will never come. Your blessing will never materialize. It's not just by mind that we operate. And it's not just by body. It's not just by strength. You know that. In secondary school, it's the strong guys who survive. But after a while, it's the guys who are strong with their mind who survive. <laughs> and at the end of the day, it will be those who are strong in their spirit who will make it at the very end of it all. Hallelujah. Say, God is tired of foxes. God is tired of lizards. God wants a man made in his own image. Hallelujah. Let's stand up on our feet. We... Are you a man? Are you created in the image of God? Are you really? Then you are a spirit. You are not a body. Turn to somebody say, you are a spirit. You are a spirit. You. You have a body. You have a soul. But you are a spirit. Look at me for one second. Have you heard this verse before? God is a spirit. Notice, it's not God is spiritual. God is a spirit. A spirit. A spirit being. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Lift up your hands to the Lord. Just thank him for making him, making you in his image. That's the difference between you and a fox the difference between you and a wolf and a dog is that God has made you with a mind a creative mind to be successful in business in Ghana today to be successful in ministry to be successful in life oh thank you Lord Jesus blessed be the name of the Lord God has made you not just a mind for you to just train your mind but God has made you a, a spirit and you have a soul and you live in a body blessed be the name of the Lord God wants you to train your spirit with the word of God and with prayer every day hallowed be the name of the Lord Jesus
Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, yes, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Lift up your hands to the Lord, please. Don't, don't think about going home. Don't be in a hurry. Just stay quietly and calmly in the presence of the Lord. Just begin to thank Him for creating our mind. There are some of us that need ideas, ideas, ideas. And the Lord needs to move with those ideas. Some of you have never imagined that you be in the ministry of Jesus Christ. It's so strange to you that the Lord may be speaking to you something new that He wants to do with your life and with you. Just release yourself because you are here. God made you like Himself. Someone who will be creative. Someone who will have ideas. Someone who will bring out new things. Someone who will walk in His blessing and anointing. Blessed be the name of the Lord.
God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events and so much more. 
Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.